Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience and mostly daily podcast about anything and everything weather and science and earth science and even some off-topic ventures from time to time. I'm your host, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 27 for Tuesday, December 4, 2017. Well, obviously, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to simply see that the sun sets pretty early these days. And we'll talk about uh, the dark days of winter. Now, the darkest day or the longest night anywhere in the northern hemisphere is always going to be on the day of the winter solstice. And this year, it's December the 21st. And the farther north of the equator you live, the longer the night gets. And uh, those people who live along the equator, the equatorial lines, and one city that comes to mind is Quito, Ecuador. They're right on the equator, but they sit at 6,000 feet. Doesn't matter. They are right, essentially, on the equator. And so a typical winter solstice day in the northern hemisphere for them is, in fact, 12 hours long. And the day is 12 hours long. And on the summer solstice, their day is 12 hours long and their night is 12 hours long. And every other day in between is 12 hours long and their nighttime is 12 hours long. So you see there's very uh, little, if any, difference until you get well north or south of the equator that you start to see some variation in the length of day. Now, obviously, even right here in the United States of America, it makes a big difference. If you go down to, uh, say, Key West, Florida, or San Diego, or uh, places like Brownsville, Texas, the seasonal variation between summer and winter, while there will be some, will not be as great as the seasonal variation as you will see in Seattle, Washington, or in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, or Cleveland, Ohio, or Caribou, uh, Maine, as a for instance, even Boston. That's why uh, we here in the northern latitudes, or at least um, certainly almost halfway between the equator and the North Pole, can see such a big difference between the summertime length of day and the wintertime length of day. It's much shorter. Well, let's talk about the sunset first. The sunset, the earliest sunset, began this year on December 2nd. Sometimes it can start on December 1st, but this year started December 2nd, 4.58 p.m. officially at Hopkins Airport, and that's the official measuring point. And December 14th is when uh, the last day of the sunset at 4.58 will occur. That's essentially 13 days, or 3.5% of the year. And that's a long 3.5% for a lot of people who have uh, uh, some kind of sensitivity to really needing light. Uh, And we'll perhaps broach on that subject at some point, but not here and not now. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of good news for those who just don't like it getting dark this early. And that is on December 31st, 
which is just in a couple of weeks from now. That is one week after Christmas. The sun sets at 5.08 p.m. That's 10 minutes later. So by then there should be a slightly discernible difference between the darkest or earliest sunrise or sunset period, and that's the period we're in right now from December 2nd to December the 14th, until December the 31st. So there you have it. Um, now, let me talk a little bit about Sunrise. And I showed some of this on Fox 8 News uh, at 10 o'clock on Monday, uh, December the 3rd. And that is that the sunrise right now is at 7.37 a.m. in Cleveland. And a lot of people say, hey, you know what? I wish it got light a lot earlier. Well, let me put this into perspective. And let's travel to perhaps some place that has it even worse than we do. Remember, the farther north you go, the bigger the differences seasonally between summer and winter in the length of day or the length of night. And we're talking about the length of night in this particular case. One of the countries that I always like to talk about is Iceland. I have a fascination with this Arctic country. I've been there four times. Most recently with my son in August of this past year. Uh, and they're still in the throes of summer. A very, very, very long days. But nowadays, they have very, very, very long nights. Which does give you an advantage just in case you head up to Iceland and you want to see the northern lights. That's the place to go because you will have about uh, anywhere between 22 and 18 hours of night in which to see the northern lights dance in the sky. Because it's dark for a very long period of time. Of course, you're fighting the fact that you're in the North Atlantic near the Arctic Circle and a place where they get a lot of cloud cover and storms because they're right in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's a maritime meteorological uh, climatology scenario there. So they're fighting clouds all the time. doesn't matter what season. But when the atmosphere opens up, the best opportunity is, in fact, the winter because you have so much night. Well, recently I showed what the sky looked like at 9.40 a.m. from the webcam at Cafe Loki, which is in downtown Reykjavik. Uh, Noah and I were there for breakfast on a Sunday morning in August, and we saw the webcam there. It's kind of cool. Um, it points to a very prominent landmark in downtown Reykjavik. It's uh, Hall Grimskirka, and it is uh, the uh, Lutheran church, very tall Lutheran church, uh, and it is the tallest structure in Reykjavik. You can't miss it. In fact, you can see it from all over the city. And it's a beautiful, beautiful structure. And against the silhouette of uh, Hallgrimskirka, you have dawn breaking. And, you know, ordinarily that would be nice. And that's kind of a rare thing any time of year in Iceland because of the uh, maritime climate, because of the, all the cloud cover. It was mostly clear. So you clearly saw dawn breaking, beautiful colors. Okay, it wasn't 6 a.m., it wasn't 7 a.m., it wasn't even 8 or 9 a.m. It was almost 10 a.m. and dawn was just breaking. And you got to remember that uh, the solar path goes really low in the sky. So the change in the twilight is very slow. The sun did not come up that day, Sunday, uh, until it was about 11.05 a.m. And it 
consequently sets pretty early, about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And it's not even the longest night of the year. That's still coming up during the winter uh, solstice. Well, one of the main reasons I wanted to uh, put out this particular episode of Weather Jazz, episode number 27, was to talk about uh, actually Antarctica, not the North Pole, but the South Pole. You see in the South Pole right now, the sun is up all the time, and it has been up uh, since uh, the... uh, Uh, the autumnal equinox, and that's roughly about September 21st, September 22nd. And the sun is going to stay up at the north, at the South Pole, rather, until March 23rd, 2019 of this year. All right. It's continual or perpetual daylight, and there is a South Pole station, and it's occupied year-round. And uh, they do most of their research and most of the occupation or, or most of the uh, population of the South Pole Station is in the summertime. That's when they can get flights in and out and supplies in and out. Yeah, things close down, obviously, in the winter uh, because the weather is so dreadful there all the time and it's nighttime. And they really don't have the capacity to land a plane at the South Pole because they're literally landing on ice. And uh, there's no ILS instrument landing system. Uh, there are no navigation aids that will help land a plane at the South Pole in the winter. So all of the traffic coming in and out is always in the summer during perpetual daylight. So the question I had for everybody today is, what time is it at the South Pole? Again, what time is it at the South Pole? Well, Antarctica, as a continent, lives on every single line of longitude. So really, it it has virtually 24 hours worth of uh, time zones for the entire continent. So it's kind of difficult to determine what time zone would be appropriate because the entire continent has all 24 when you stop to think about it. Uh, So you really have to do something practical in this case. And that is uh, that the time zone for those places that are inhabited, that might have a research center or some kind of base, the time zone that is selected and would be highest or most appropriate would be based on territorial claims. Uh, However, uh, some use the country uh, that they're owned by uh, because that helps them to stay in touch with everybody back in their home country. And they do that via uh, many means, via satellite and also via Internet and satellite and also via ham radio as well. So, for instance, McMurdo Station and the Amundsen-Scott Station at the South Pole, they use New Zealand time. And why is that? Because their main supply line actually has a base at Christchurch in New Zealand. And since most of their point of contact comes from Christchurch, they choose to set their local time to New Zealand time. And that certainly makes sense. But there are some places in Antarctica and some bases and research facilities that have no time zone 
because either there are no settlements or research stations anywhere there at any given time, or there's no connection, particular connection to a country uh, that they have to do business with. So they really don't have time zones or even any clocks in some cases in some of these temporary uh, facilities that are in Antarctica. They're, they're simply labeled with UTC, and that's universal time. And that would be the Greenwich Mean Time, which is located in Greenwich, England. Here's another question. Does Antarctica, any place, including any of the research facilities that are out there, do they observe daylight saving time? Well, the answer to that is kind of complex. Really, daylight saving time is is not overall observed in Antarctica because 95% of the continent on which it's located uh, is essentially seeing the sunshine all the time, or not at all, for six months out of the year, pretty close to the South Pole. So uh, to observe daylight saving time may or may not complicate communication with the, the countries that they do most of their communication with in the Northern Hemisphere. However, there are a couple of exceptions, and I found two of them, and those exceptions would be Antarctica, McMurdo Station, and uh, the South Pole Station. And both do observe daylight saving time whenever we go into daylight saving time in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, And uh, that's uh, 12 hours difference to start with from our time zone. And then, of course, in daylight savings, uh, saving time, it's singular, daylight saving time, they add one hour and then subtract it uh, when we do it, when we fall back one hour. So there you have it, a little bit of interesting fun with daylight saving time and with time zone in Antarctica. But before we go, I posed a question to you on the Facebook fan page of the station asking what people did in order to cope with the long Uh, nights and the early sunsets and the late sunrises. Is there anything you do? Maybe there were some people that liked it. And quite frankly, I had hoped to get maybe a little bit more in the way of participation. And perhaps I need to do a little more lead time on these questions in order to do that. And perhaps as our audience grows, that's going to change. But we did get a couple of responses uh, from the Twitter feed that I had. And um, Dwayne Dawson says that, uh, and here I go uh, with a quote from him via Twitter. Since I have made my peace with the Prince of Peace, I am grateful it's not 450 or yeah, 4.57 p.m. or earlier. And he gives us a laugh out loud on that. Um, my question on uh, Twitter was, how do you make peace with the earliest sunset time of the year here in Cleveland? And uh, let's see. We, uh, Ronald J., who goes by the handle, right or Ron, very good handle, by the way, Ronald. He says, I seriously considered uh, buying an OTT lamp. That's one of those lamps that... Uh, is uh, or mimics sunlight. Uh, and a lot of people do that. There, there's a special room 
up in Tromsø, Norway. Tromsø is uh, the northernmost uh, inhabited place in Norway. It's way, way, way up north of the Arctic Circle. Uh, but there's the University of Norway there. And uh, you can actually see some of the... Uh, beautiful webcams that that uh, the university has pointing in every single direction uh, from there. It looks like a, a really an enchanting place. Maybe a couple thousand in the summer, maybe a little less in the winter, but it is permanently inhabited. And the reason I mention them is the fact that the University of Tromso has a special room in which they blast light uh, at the same color temperature as the sun so that students can come in during the winter because it's perpetually dark up there in the winter. And uh, they can kind of uh, take in a little bit of sunshine for those that are particularly sensitive to needing that uh, periosity of light so that their body clock can stay in rhythm. Rose Moore, who is a, a very steadfast contributor, not only to this podcast, but to the Twitter account, uh, etc. Uh, her... Uh, Twitter handle is R and R more M O O R E Gmail, and uh, so uh, make sure that uh, you follow her. She always has some interesting things to to share on Twitter. She says it's so dang darn dang damp today, and the cold. It's so cold. I'm going to bed and covering my head and not coming out of these warm quilts until morning. And of course, morning comes pretty late uh, in terms of the amount of light. 7:37 is the sunrise time. Getting a little bit later. Until we get to uh, early January, that's when you start seeing the difference during the day. And uh, let's see, I think there was one other piece of information from Rose earlier in the day. She said, I would handle it better if not accompanied by a sudden clunk of nightfall, like a black curtain suddenly falling, instead of the evolution into sunset and twilight. As it is, it's daylight, then suddenly it's dark as pitch. And uh, an interesting observation that at this time of year, the night can fall very quickly and probably due to the fact that uh, we have thick cloud cover at this time of year, which uh, kind of adds to that sensation. Well, there you have it, uh, a whole program on sunrises, sunsets, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, and time zones in Antarctica. I hope you found it interesting. But uh, let me uh, make no bones about the fact that we are in Eastern Standard Time right now. And many of you know that I've always said that uh, it is uh, my desire that someday we would be on standard time year-round. A lot of countries doing it, doing or dispensing with daylight saving time simply because it used to be a, a something that we did for the agrarians when we were a much more agrarian society uh, as opposed to the 24-7, 365 society that we are now thanks to Thomas Edison. So we don't really need to make those adjustments all that much. We're just toying with numbers and playing with our body clock twice a year. I did a whole podcast uh, episode on that earlier. Go uh, check it out. Um, on my podcast page, weatherjazz.com. Hey, listen, everybody, have a wonderful evening tonight. Yes, they're long, 
and dark evenings. But, as I mentioned, we'll be turning the corner very, very soon. So hang in there. Have a great night. We'll see you next time right here on Weather Jazz.